Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Golden Knights podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. After an incredibly hot start to the season, the Vegas Golden Knights are yet another team to fall victim to the COVID-19 protocols in the NHL, and they have now had three separate games postponed until later in the season as Alex Petrangelo has been added to the COVID-19 protocol list in addition to three separate coaches from the Vegas Golden Knights. And what an eventful few days it has been. Last time we talked, the Vegas Golden Knights had just finished losing their game to the St. Louis Blues in overtime in Alex Petrangelo's first game back in front of his former teammates, the St. Louis Blues. Now, just a few days later, the Vegas Golden Knights find themselves having missed three games as a result of the COVID-19 protocols. And the Golden Knights are down not just one, but two of their top four defensemen in Braden McNabb and Alex Petrangelo. Now, just to be clear, there's no reason to think that Braden McNabb's injury, his placement on the injured reserve last Thursday has anything to do with COVID-19, but we now know that the earliest that Braden McNabb will be coming back to the lineup is March 1st, because as he was placed on the injured reserve, he was required to stay out for a minimum of 24 days or 10 games, and here in this shortened season... Braden McNabb still won't be back into the lineup. The tw- 10 games still won't have elapsed until the very beginning of March. And so the Vegas Golden Knights find themselves with a top four defense group, at least for the time being, at least until Alex Petrangelo is back, of Shea Theodore, Alec Martinez, Nick Haig, and Zach Whitecloud. And the expectation is that you'll have Nick Holden and I would expect, I would guess, uh, Dylan Coughlin on that bottom pairing. Dylan Coughlin is the defenseman on the Vegas Golden Knights taxi squad. And so you would expect that to be the group uh, that sees action whenever the Golden Knights find themselves back on the ice. And while no one wants the Vegas Golden Knights to be missing their $9 million defenseman, and no one wants the Golden Knights to find themselves in a position where they're down two of their top four defensemen, it just goes to speak to the Vegas Golden Knights' depth on the blue line, the emergence of two of the young defensemen in Nick Haig and Zach Whitecloud, that the whole city isn't panicking over the loss of these two defensemen just, just seven games into the season. If you just rewind yourself one year and... I know that takes you back to a nice calmer time before the pandemic had started and before the entire world had shut down. But if you take yourself back a little bit over a year, back to the beginning of the 2019-2020 season, and imagine what Vegas Golden Knights' depth would have looked like on the blue line if they had lost two of their top four defensemen, uh, the picture is not nearly as rosy. We had just seen the first couple of games for both Nick Haig and Zach Whitecloud by that point, and if the Golden Knights were saddled with the depth that was available then, man, it would have been a different scenario altogether. So there's a few things that we've got to remember about all this, and the first of which is we don't know if or how sick Alex Petrangelo is. While we know that the Vegas Golden Knight, the $9 million Vegas Golden Knight, has been added to the NHL's COVID protocol list, what we don't know 
is exactly how serious his symptoms are, if at all. We know that he is experiencing some symptoms based on a, a news report from Jeremy Rutherford. However, what we don't know is whether or not those symptoms persist, whether or not those symptoms have gotten any more serious, and we certainly don't know whether or not it's affected anyone else on the team. You would assume that based on where things stand right now, the fact that no additional positive tests have been reported, that the team is probably going to be fine. But as we've seen throughout this pandemic, this is not an easy disease to track. It's not an easy disease to to keep under control. And so while I would imagine that no one else has officially tested positive since the last time that we spoke, I would also expect that it's entirely possible that there are other positive tests out there in the team that haven't yet been discovered, positive cases anyway, and they are going to have to wait a couple of days for that to happen just based on the length of the incubation period for the disease. It's an absolute shame. This isn't what I want to be talking about on the podcast this morning. But the truth is we are too early into this to really know exactly what's going on. To prove my point, I don't have to look any further than what happened with the Henderson Silver Knights on Saturday night. Now, first of all, I just want to say it's excellent. The Henderson Silver Knights are off to such a hot start. We're going to talk about that briefly in the next segment, but I just want to point first to the second game that the Henderson Silver Knights ever played in their history. It lasted all of two periods because the Henderson Silver Knights were unable to complete that third period due to a positive test on the San Jose Barracuda. This test came in halfway through the exhibition game between the Barracuda and the Henderson Silver Knights, causing the game to be canceled just two periods through, and the Orleans Arena having to announce to an empty stadium that, no, the game would not be completed out of an abundance of caution. But I want to make clear here that if a test was found halfway through the game, an abundance of caution was not observed. If there was a pending test and any suspicion that the player might be sick, and I have a hard time believing that there's any justification for letting that player into the lineup, for allowing that player to get halfway through a game without getting an official test result. I think it's important to point out there doesn't seem to be any indication that the Henderson Silver Knights or anyone for that matter violated any of the AHL testing protocol that anyone uh, failed to meet the, the standards that have been set by them by the AHL and the NHL to keep players safe. There's no indication that anything went wrong there. However, in a season that is dominated by COVID, that is going to be defined by COVID, this is likely not the last time this season that the Vegas Golden Knights or the Henderson Silver Knights are going to face COVID delays. In fact, I think this is something that the NHL is planning for. We know that they built in extra time towards the end of their, their scheduled calendar to, to complete some of these makeup games. I do wonder, though, at, at what point are games not going to be made up? How many can they afford to miss before they're not going to be able to make those up? And the league has to move away from a, a strict points uh, calculation for who will make the playoffs and convert to either a point percentage or potentially leave a team that ha would otherwise have qualified for the playoffs on the outside looking in. Now, this won't matter at the AHL level because the 
the Henderson Silver Knights and really the entire AHL won't be competing for the Calder Cup this year, which is the AHL championship trophy. No, the playoffs this year, at least at the AHL level, will simply be a short division playoff that doesn't award a, a a trophy. And I think the reason for that is obvious. First of all, the AHL simply can't afford it. That is a league that relies entirely on the gate. There aren't a whole lot of sponsorships or other things going on at the AHL level. And so uh, the AHL season is as is going to have as big of an asterisk as you can imagine. And so while not desirable or anything that anyone wants, there's certainly something to be said about this being fitting uh, that the Henderson Silver Knights' second ever uh, exhibition game was called off midway through in the season that's going to be dominated by the same topic. The pandemic is still the most important story in hockey right now, even if it's the one that we want to talk about the absolute least. We're going to welcome our very first guest to the show in just a few minutes here, but first I want to talk to you about betonline.ag. Are we ready for some football? Because college football is heading into bowl season and there are some huge matchups this weekend and every weekend. Now the NFL regular season is over. We know who is going to be in the Super Bowl and there's only one place that has you covered, one place that we trust, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Uh, there's all sorts of things going on. There's a different NHL game happening every evening. There's college f college football for you to watch. There's even, even NCAA hockey. You can bet on all of the, these things at betonline.ag, so don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. So betonline.ag, it's your online sportsbook experts. With the Golden Knights taking a forced break from the action for a little over a week, I'm going to be calling in some backup this week to push the Vegas Golden Knights conversation along. And today we are going to be joined by one of my favorite people in the entire world, the co-host of my other podcast, the Golden Knights Watch podcast, and sat down with AJ over the weekend to discuss the perhaps the most impressive and shining bright story on the Vegas Golden Knights so far this year, Zach Whitecloud. And we're back with Locked On Golden Knights. I'm Jack Manning, and I'm joined by my first guest ever on the Locked On Golden Knights podcast, the co-host of the Golden Knights Watch podcast, AJ Alexander. AJ, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Although I have to be honest, like I always am, why am I your first guest? There are so many other authoritative speakers and journalists and real life people who are in the locker room, but... You because you were here. available, AJ, because you were available. And I and you happen <laughs> to be my co-host on the Golden Knights Watch podcast, our semi-weekly podcast uh, over at goldennightswatch.com. Uh, we've been doing that show together now for three years. Yeah. Tell me, AJ, what is it like doing a podcast with the great and wonderful Jack Manning? A lot of editing to make it look great and wonderful. No, <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. Of course, uh, perfectionist on the editing table. That's all. That's all that is. Yeah, it's, it, you know, it's, it's good to have another friendly voice on the podcast instead of just sort of screaming into the void about hockey, uh, it, screaming in, into the black box where I, where I keep my microphone. Uh, but AJ, we didn't bring you on the show just to, to talk about how wonderful it is to work with me. Although well, I'm sure 
it's wonderful to work with me. Uh, I brought you on the show because you are a particularly big fan of one Zach Whitecloud. And I, I, I want to give you an opportunity for, for you to tell the folks at home, what is it about Zach Whitecloud and his performance this year and his step up at least since the end of last season that it's really caught your eye? Okay. So to be upfront, I was a huge Zach Whitecloud fan the moment he signed because him and I share similar heritage as far as Lakota Sioux um, blood. Pretty cool, especially since that is extremely rare in the NHL. Really cool. One is, of he the the, first, is he the first Lakota player in the NHL? I think so, yes. Okay. And again, his birthday is two days before mine. Different year, won't go there. But he's a right-handed defenseman. When we signed him, he looked pretty promising. I wouldn't say that he looked like he would end this way, but... Yeah, I mean, like when, a defensive first guy that you could rely on to make the right decision with the puck every time it touched his tape. I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, when he, he started. When, when he signed with the Vegas Golden Knights, he, it was a, a year prior to the signing of Jimmy Schultz, as I recall. And Jimmy Schultz was a, a much more heralded prospect co- coming into to the Golden Knights organization. But man, White Cloud has absolutely left him in the dust. Yeah, and that's the thing. You just didn't see it that way when Zach Whitecloud entered the league. And and heck, you probably didn't see it when Schultz entered the league. Whitecloud just hadn't gotten there yet. But he's 24 now, doesn't turn 25 until the end of the year. And he's just taken such a step. I think the bubble was huge. But before we get to that, it's important to note that it was very close. Uh, Zach was very close to becoming an L.A. King. He went to camp there before Vegas was even a thing, and they didn't offer him a contract. We got lucky there. Yeah, to, to watch Zach Whitecloud evolve the way that he has, I would imagine that any team that, that passed on him and had an opportunity to get him signed is really kicking themselves. You look at the way Zach Whitecloud has, has played and has stepped up his not only his defensive responsibility, but his willingness to get involved in the play. Huge. You know, you, you really have to look to, at, at what Pete DeBoer said is that his his development trajectory has been really, really impressive. And it's not often that you see a late bloomer bloom so bright. Sure. But but it, I, I think it's it's pretty, pretty clear that at least so far this season, behind Shea Theodore and Alex Petrangelo, Zach Whitecloud has been the Vegas Golden Knights' third best defenseman. Right. And again... Being a straight-up defensive man is one thing, but Zach Whitecloud really took a step when Pete DeBoer came into the picture because if you remember correctly, Nick Haig was actually Gallant's preference. It wasn't until DeBoer took over that Whitecloud got extended time, but when he did, he really did step up as far as pinching more often, taking more shots. I won't say that he looked tentative with the puck on his stick in the offensive zone before, but he wasn't a shoot first guy by any means. No, he, you he, can definitely tell he's got an eye for when it's appropriate to actually take a shot now. Yeah, exactly. When he was first playing with the Knights, it, it, the, when the, the puck hit his stick, he wasn't necessarily getting rid of it like a grenade, sure. but he was looking for somebody else to make the big play. What's been really interesting for me is how his, his poise has developed. It, it really started to shine in the bubble. 
Um, mm-hmm. I mean, like, like the rest of his game, he, he really took a step forward in the bubble in terms of his poise, his ability to carry the puck uh, both out of the defensive zone, through the neutral zone, and, and ultimately to set up in the offensive zone. But the moment that will stick out for me not, is not necessarily his play from the bubble, but it was that one play in the final game that the Golden yeah. Knights played in the bubble against the, the Dallas Stars. He, he airmails a puck out of the defensive zone, takes a penalty, and puts the Golden Knights in a position where they lose in overtime to a power play goal. I watched that moment and I saw the, the emotion on his face, the, the heartbreak. I, I, I will remember that hug between he and Tuck, the two penalties they took together that led to them getting eliminated. Man, I, I thought that this, that moment had an opportunity to be one of two things. It either, it, it either heats him up and gilds him into a hardened player that isn't ever going to let something like ha- that happen again, or it breaks a guy. And, and at least from what we've seen so far this year, it's obviously not broken him. And it, I think has made him a, a better player. Well, two things with that. One, we could probably pick out some individual examples, but it's more easy. It's easier to see with teams, teams that make it to the finals or make it deep into the playoffs multiple times just to get eliminated. And that just drives a team to either improve and get that hardened. You said gilded that galvanized sort of feeling together to where you take the next step, like the mid nineties red wings, if you will, or they just don't do anything at all. When you look at Zach white clouds history, and there's a tremendous article by Justin Emerson that came out this weekend, you know that he's mentally tough. This is a guy who went to college because, you know, he just didn't think he was an NHL material, at least yet, because he wanted to get that degree. He already had a plan after his initial one at least looked unlikely. Then you see him get passed up in two different drafts. You see him go to the L.A. camp and go unsigned. And it took an expansion team to actually give him a shot. And once he had that chance... He took it and ran with it. And you have to give him all the credit for that. Yeah, I mean, beyond just being a really good hockey player, it's hard not to really like Zach Whitecloud as a human. I mean, he's, he's so humble. He's so, he is so what seems to be genuine, just a good old Manitoba boy. It's, it's, really, it's really nice to see a, a, an NHL player that doesn't seem to have all the trappings of being a hockey bro. Uh, and I, instead- I would actually attribute that to growing up on a reservation. Honestly, if you've been to one, they aren't exactly luxurious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. The least. So again, it's just that mental makeup that he has that, you know, has driven him to improve this far. Again, even with that, I don't think any of us predicted that he would develop at least this quickly, especially like you said, being 24 years old already, but boy, it has come at a great time because now the top pairing of the Vegas Golden Knights is out. Yeah. With Braden McNabb and Petrangelo both gone for, for at least a, a little while. Um, McNabb will be out until at least March 1st, Petrangelo, who knows at this point, you know, when he'll be back, hopefully it's sooner rather than later. But I think you're exactly right. Whether or not he stays with Nick Haig in a, in a pairing, I don't know. I, I would be fine with it if they are. But 
it's going to give the Golden Knights an opportunity to stack those guys with a little bit more responsibility. Uh, and I think that it's, it's going to give them an opportunity to, to really, really shine it, it under the spotlight. I don't think it necessarily improves their play, but it gives them an opportunity to show off exactly who they can be. On top of that, Zach Whitecloud, a right-handed shot, defensively responsible as it gets. Doesn't make a mistake, but again, right-handed shot. You've probably got Dylan Coughlin entering the lineup, another right-handed shot. That just offers Vegas a lot more angles and entries as far as the blue line shots are concerned that, you know, Pete DeBoer is absolutely in love with. So you have to like where they are all at as far as the defensive development goes, but the team is definitely in a much better position because of White Cloud's accelerated development that we've seen in a relatively short amount of time. I mean, he technically doesn't even have an NHL goal yet. I know he scored two in the bubble, but still looking for that first one in the regular season. But again, with I won't call it a meteoric rise by any means. I don't think any of us saw this coming. And who knows? There's probably a lot more growth left. Yeah, I think there's definitely that possibility and certainly room for improvement. Uh, but where he is for being this early into his NHL career, still technically eligible for the Calder Trophy for Rookie of the Year, man, I, I don't think the Golden Knights ever would have imagined that he would be this good of a player this soon. Uh, making it possible for the Golden Knights to lose two top four defensemen and not seem uh, like they're going to be absolutely hosed. On top of that, he's making the league minimum right now and next year. So technically, he also allowed the Golden Knights to go out and get Petrangelo. Yeah, I'll be really curious to see what happens with White Cloud's contract. Uh, he'll be eligible to sign an extension uh, sometime after July 1st, whenever free agency opens back up again. Uh, and so he'll, he'll be eligible to sign that contract. It, it's going to be curious to see if George McPhee takes the same approach to White Cloud that he took with Tuck and Theodore to sign him for a little more than he's worth right now in the effort of keeping him under contract for less than he thinks he'll be worth uh, a little bit down the line. It certainly has already paid off in a huge way with Shea Theodore. Tuck is definitely showing his flashes. He was really solid in the bubble. And I'm sure that eventually he'll be worth the value that he's at currently and then some. But, you know, again, he's got a he's got a great chance here to show that he's actually worth a top pairing position going forward, not necessarily just over injuries. Uh, yeah. So I would love to keep you on the show even longer, but here on the Locked On Golden Knights podcast, we only have 30 minutes and we're just about out of time. So I'm sorry, AJ, can you tell the folks where they can find you? They can find me at VGK underscore watch on Twitter. And of course, golden Knights watch. That's right. So I, Again, AJ and I host the Golden Knights Watch podcast together. We've been hosting that together for the last three years. We have a brand new episode that's going to be out sometime uh, later this week. So thanks for having me, Jack. Glad to have you, AJ. We're going to use our last couple of minutes today to talk about the Henderson Silver Knights' first exhibition games in team history. Uh, but first, I want to talk to you about the Locked On Today podcast, because we're covering everything you need to know about the Vegas Golden Knights here. But what about the rest of the sports world? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with the Locked On Today podcast. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning. And it's all in under 20 minutes. So subscribe to Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget about Built Bar. Uh, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. 
with 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. There's six new ones, 12 original ones. Uh, these Built Bars are even more delicious than before. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, they're soft and easy to chew, uh, and they're healthy. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy that you can help lose or maintain weight while indulging in a, in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, and great for the keto diet. And right now, Built Bar is offering a couple of huge promotions. The first one is you get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. And if you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. On Friday night, the Henderson Silver Knights, the Golden Knights AHL affiliate, played their first ever game against another team. And it was an absolute barn burner with the final score ending up 7-3 in favor of the Henderson Silver Knights and the first goal ever scored by none other than the first ever Golden Knight, Reed Duke. And that was followed up by a flurry of goals from new and old Golden Knights alike. Dylan Sakura picks up goal number two. Ben Joan gets goal number three. Zach Hayes gets goal number four. Lucas Elvenis, goal number five. Daniel Regan gets goal number six. And the final goal of the game, making it seven to three, was an empty netter to end the night. And what I ha what I take away from this game is that the Henderson Silver Knights are a lot more stacked than I would have expected. Now, the following game did not have uh, anywhere near the level of scoring. They only played two periods, and the one goal uh, came from uh, Jermaine Lewin, uh, who was uh, another free agent signed by the Vegas Golden Knights after his draft rights expired uh, after having belonged to the Dallas Stars organization. Uh, but what I'm seeing is that the Vegas Golden Knights have the ability to put the puck in the net. And perhaps more importantly than that, they seem to have picked up a, a really interesting goaltending prospect in Logan Thompson. Logan Thompson was the former goaltender for uh, the Brandon Wheat Kings, another product of Kelly McCrimmon's Brandon Wheat Kings. And he did not get drafted, didn't even seem to be a particularly high-end prospect, went off uh, using his WHL scholarship to play for uh, the U Sports system in the Canadian universities, which is not particularly well known for generating NHL talent. There have only been a few guys to come out of that league ever uh, to be an NHL goaltender. But here there seems to be uh, something to look at, something to be interested in uh, from this young goaltender, 22 years old, who uh, did not take a traditional path to get his first NHL contract, but now seems to be an important part of the Golden Knights' future. I'm definitely not ready to anoint this kid as the heir apparent to the starting position for the Vegas Golden Knights, but there's certainly something there, enough to look at, that you might think, you know, the Golden Knights are a little bit deeper than they were a year ago. Uh, Yuri Patera, who was a 2017 uh, draft pick for the Vegas Golden Knights, was probably expected to have the starting position in Henderson this year after having a really impressive campaign in the Czech League so far this season. But in his final game in the Czech League, he went down with a knee injury, and so the Vegas Golden Knights are going to have to give a little bit more opportunity uh, to none other than, than Logan Thompson. The other major goalie prospect for the Vegas Golden Knights uh, is a guy who's still in the NCAA, a guy by the name of Isaiah Seville, uh, often referred to as the mayor of Saveville, which might be the best uh, nickname in, in all of the Golden Knights uh, history. But 
in any event, the mayor of Saveville not available to the Henderson Silver Knights until at least the end of this season uh, when he could turn pro, but I would expect he spends another year in the NCAA. So it's really nice to see that the Henderson Silver Knights are developing this depth. Now, you never want to elevate anyone too soon, overhype anyone. And so we're not going to get into the details of the Henderson Silver Knights game. It's AHL preseason in an obviously unusual time. So you don't want to project out too much from there. Uh, but with Pavel Dorofayev not even in the lineup and there being several really high-end playmakers on this team, they're going to be a really entertaining club to watch, uh, even as they play other AHL competition within the division. Uh, so keep your eyes on that. I know that I will be, uh, but we are just about out of time here. So one last quick message uh, from the Locked On NHL podcast. Uh, don't miss another big hockey story. Start your week off with Locked On NHL. Every Monday, Locked On Kings host Sarah Avampato interviews local experts covering the biggest stories in hockey. So get reactions to blockbuster trades, deep dives on the teams destined to be at the top of the standings, and analysis of hockey's hottest stars. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, I'm Jack Manning. You can find me at NHL Jack Manning. You can also find me at DauberProspects.com. But until tomorrow, stay safe and stay healthy.